has the weirdest stuff. The Engine Nerdy Show. Welcome to another episode of the Engine Nerdy Show. I'm St. Jimmy. I'm David E. I'm <laughs> Master Z. Our fake. What? Mr. Pold's gone. Oh, yeah. No, Mr. Pold this week. He's on vacation. Our fake sponsor this week is Sitar Hero. Rock out to your favorite Bollywood hits on your sitar. Mine are all on the uh, soundtrack for No Smoking. Oh, yeah. There you go. I don't remember any of the music from that, but <laughs> nope. I just remember them saying K a lot. K! So pretty quotable. Yeah. yeah. Every time uh, you say, oh, K. They're <laughs> quoting it. Quoting Did you movie. see the new Aladdin? Yeah. I thought that should have been slightly more Bollywood. I would have been happier. Yeah, because they they started pushing it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but then they always seem like they just pulled back from it, going full Bollywood. (laughs) I thought I liked it better. Yeah, I did too. So, what have you guys been up to? Watching a lot of Lost. No. No. Oh, I don't know where my lost disc. I lost my discs. Oh, I've been no. watching it on Hulu with commercials. Uh, I'm not sure I have Hulu. Hmm. Weird. Uh, so we've been getting ready to go camping this weekend. Nice. I bought a new hatchet again. So my other new one was too light. It didn't hatch very well. Oh. I got uh oh what the the Gerber no brand I don't yeah, know I think that's a one multi tool no oh a hatchet hatchets it's like a hollow tube frame right with a yeah with that they're black the yeah, sharp like, head on the end plastic with a oh. like integrated head. Mm. Mine is from Norway or Finland. Norway. Ooh, did you get a. You didn't get a Gronz for Brook, did you? He's I don't know about it really those hard. are from. Uh, yeah. We bought two cots. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, and they don't have the head or foot bar that goes across. 
Oh, okay. They're just They're really open. easy to set up. Yep. Cool. Just grab the ends and pull them apart, like a, almost like a folding chair, and it just like sets up. Huh. Oh, nice. Fiskers. That's Fisker. the brand. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that what I said? Uh, you were, you were. Um, I didn't hear you saying frozen. Oh, oh no! All I heard was it's, Gerber. Looks like you were thinking really hard about Gerber. what brand you got. Oh, oh no! I said is it that was what you got? Finland, and it was Fiskers. Oh, I thought I okay. I was like a Gronsford Brook, and then you said yeah, and I was like, oh, and oh, then that was I, it. Gronsford Brook is a really really nice axes. No, I just got a Fiskers. It seems nice. Yeah, I have their axe and their. I used to have their combo axe mall, like a hybrid one. Mm. Uh, and then I it got left on the side of the trail somewhere. Oops. Yeah, I have a cobalt splitting axe. Yeah, I put a new ch- so, uh, chain on my chainsaw Ooh. and cleaned it up so we were having issues with our couches recently we went and bought two new couches but they said oh it'll be at least three weeks and that three weeks was last monday so <laughs> about a week or so later our couch issue just got so bad. We were just like, let's get them out of here. And then we can do what we want to the room to get it ready for the new ones. So we got rid of our couches a couple weeks ago. And last weekend we painted and we got a carpet cleaner and cleaned the carpet and everything. And then Monday came and went and Tuesday (laughs) after work, it was like, well, we haven't heard from them. So it must not have come this week. So we loaded the truck up with all of our camping stuff. And Wednesday, got a call. Hey, your couches are in. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, well, let's see if uh, DVD's truck is available. So DVD helped us uh, haul two couches from town out to our place. And you got to nice. see what a um, fresh off the factory floor bed, truck bed looked like. Oh, Chris yeah. just spent like three hours cleaning the bed of her truck. Oh yeah, it looks she was really prepping good. It. She was sealing it with some spray-on like rubber sealant that um, trying to seal up all the spots where we get lots of dust and stuff in. Um, that there's more spots than I thought, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> then she, we that was uh, yesterday, right? So then we were trying yeah. to let it dry out, and then we had like the biggest rainstorm we've had in, like all year. Oh today. man, it was a rough one today. We had the tunnel open so we could get it to dry out. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Well, so we finally that the our truck. I think I talked last week about it was still making crumb unhappy noises. Mm-hmm. And sign of a good shop. So I called the guy that did the engine work on my truck. And was like, hey, I had a shop do new gears and put a locker in. And I found a bunch of the stuff was done wrong. I don't feel confident taking it back to him. 
to fix. And he was like, oh, that totally makes sense. <laughs> like, um, And so I talked him through what was the whole story. And he was like, we do gears, but I don't feel like we're experienced enough to try to go into the middle of somebody else's thing and troubleshoot it. So he gave me a recommendation for a shop that is good. And Charlie had called another shop that has done work for us before. And they basically said, eh, we don't do, we don't like doing diagnostic stuff. We just like selling new stuff and installing new stuff on people's trucks. But they recommended the same place. That's good. And so we have it it, on the um, June 10th. It's going in in the morning to them. And they're going to just totally do overhaul on the differentials and see what is the issue. And the company, when you look them up, they they look like a distribution company for gears, like not even just automotive gears. But just gears in general. I was like, that's kind of weird. But when I told the yeah. guy he did work on a truck, he was like, oh, I'll give you to get you to the shop. And oh. <laughs> the guy was like, awesome about it. So fingers crossed, we're going to get the truck in and have it fixed. So no baby trucks after that? Yep. <laughs> they can just run around the neighborhood all at once. Yeah. And then we're uh, going camping tomorrow as well mm-hmm. for Memorial Day. So we're taking yeah. the Forerunner. Cool. And um, we have our kayaks on top. <laughs> and we have two inflatable kayaks that we're bringing with us mm-hmm. as well. So we're meeting some friends. Cool. Um, and. I have an air compressor that I got for the Forerunner for onboard air, but I oh, haven't nice. installed it yet. So, what'd you get? It's an the ARB single compressor. Okay. Um, I should probably talk about it in NerdCred, but I'll just. So I did a bunch of research on air compressors, and their rated output is typically what they'll advertise is the zero pressure airflow. Oh, and really the important number is like 30 PSI airflow. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I found some, a couple different reviews people had done actually comparing air up times on tires. So uh, something like that. Yep. Oh. It's like the one. Uh, well, once you use it a couple times, let me know how you like it. Okay, it's the same motor as the dual compressor that I have in the truck. Okay. The dual compressor one is just two of the small ones hooked together, basically. Uh-huh. But what the they found in the testing was the ARB air compressor's airflow is a little less than what like the Smitty bill or the Vier or the two well-known truck Mm -hmm. air compressor people and the zero PSI airflow is less than those ones. 
mm. for their like similar model, but at 30 PSI, it's way higher. Oh, so the other ones have this really awesome, like low pressure airflow, and then it just drops off like crazy, and air bees is much flatter. Um, so the the one of the tests, the guy was filling up thirty five inch tires, I think, um, from fifteen psi to thirty five psi. Mm-hmm. And it was just under five minutes a tire. That's not bad at all. For the okay. ARB one. And it was like nine minutes a tire with the Smittybilt and Vier ones. Just get, just get four of the ARB ones. And then you have one per tire. You just could. Mount it, just mount it, mount it on, the on, the, on your wheel. <laughs> well, so the dual compressor because it's just two of the same thing it is like the testing showed it was pretty much exactly half the time well, so he with the dual one he tested the dual one as well and he could do all four tires in under 10 minutes wow which was pretty cool but, if you mounted to the tire then you could just use the axle spin to power the, the compressor motor so while you're moving <laughs> you could air your tires up well so the um Humvees had the built-in line with the Mm -hmm. spinny bit so it could rotate and you could air up and air down your tires from inside. That's really cool. Uh, Yeah, but the back of the Forerunner, there's a little cubby where there's like a fold-up triangle, you know, reflective triangle or something. And mm-hmm. it's perfect size to mount that air compressor in. So we're going to build a little frame to bolt in there. And then the it'll be... Um, they're just like a little hatch that you pop open and the air compressor will be right there. Cool. And we're going to set it up to potentially be able to do air lockers in the future if we so desire. Nice. Well, I desire. I don't know about Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, we're leaving tomorrow and gonna it's supposed to be in the mid eighties by the end of the weekend. Mm-hmm. So should be a good time. I found a campground that has like a vault toilet, but it's free, doesn't have water, and it's at the end of a dead end road, like up on the top of a hill, and it said oh. uh they had a big bold warning on the thing that said road out here is very rough, high clearance four by four, highly recommended. And I was like, sweet. sweet. Hopefully no one will be out there because it's only yeah. three campsites. Yeah, they'll probably get out there and it'll be like a Geo Metro or something. Or like that <laughs> that Toyota we saw or whatever that was up on Oh the, yeah, like an Echo or whatever it was. So, yeah, I think it was a Toyota Echo. Up at but the fire, fire lookout. Yeah. 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 It's like what? How did you get here? Helicopter? Yeah, we're going to continue our tradition from last year of using Memorial Weekend to to uh, test out our birthday campsite for nice. this summer. So we're going to Crane Creek Crossing. We went and scoped it out a couple weekends ago coming from the east. And this time we're going to scope out the, the road in from the west. 
Cool. I'm looking forward to that. Camp yeah, me too. Gonna have my truck by then. My goal. <laughs> yeah, that's two months. Be good. So I need to get cool. my truck in the shop because it's having an issue where there's a certain like the time after it starts up after it's been cold that you're accelerating that it backfires. That's Weird. not normal. No. And it's throwing, it has a check engine light on. It's throwing an EVAP code. So I think it might be the charcoal canister vent valve, maybe. Maybe it's sticky. Hmm. But oh, no, the truck runs great, but it just does that occasionally. And you're like, Could be a world? PCV valve or something yeah. sticking. And so it's like not venting crankcase pressure. And then yeah. it'll be stick stuck and then it'll pop open and blow oil yeah. into the bunch of oil into the intake all at once maybe yeah. I don't so know if that causes it to backfire or not but we gotta get that in to figure out what's going on is it like for a couple seconds it'll in fact if you just keep on the gas pedal the same location it'll keep on trying to like backfire and stutter hmm. it's really frustrating yeah sounds like it but the cost of possible possibilities has been like, but right now we have enough money to take care of it. So I don't know what, I just need to go to the shop. Mm-hmm. That's where we're at with the, our trucks. Like I, our truck has not been operational since August last year. Oh, and at this point I'm like, well, we just sold the house. We have a bunch of money in the bank account that isn't, supposed to go towards the truck but if it needs to <laughs> we can need to get this truck running because it's not doing yeah. us any good not being driven i overestimated the cost of like a bathroom remodel that we pulled some money out that we have saved but i'm like it's probably way over budgeted or it was before the big lumber price increase mm. so we're not sure we want to do it with the prices the way they are right now so we'll put that off so we Getting the vehicles all up and going perfectly, which would be great. <laughs> um, oh, and then last weekend I did the, I changed the steering rack and the lower ball joints on the Forerunner. Oh, and just got an alignment done yesterday. We so did the a lot the better. Lower. Uh, I haven't driven it on the freeway yet. Charlie mm. said it is much better. There's no <laughs> shake in the steering wheel. There was before you jack it up and you turn the wheel mm-hmm. and there would be like a quarter inch probably is exaggeration. It was probably only like an eighth of an inch, but of slop in how mm-hmm. much it would turn just in the steering rack. And mm-hmm. you can hear it like clicking. <laughs> so my, um, my car is frustrating because it's making a noise, but it doesn't affect the performance of the car. Horrible clunking noises. It's haunted. It's a bushing. Probably. The only Somewhere. one that's left is the the inside um, CV joint. Or not CV joint. The, uh, the control arm thing. The I can't think of what it's called right now. Like your tie rod? Maybe, maybe, yeah, tie rod. There you go. The, the inside On the tie steering? Rod. So change the outside one. 
and that didn't change it at all. And also maybe the bushing that keeps the uh, sway bar off the frame. Oh, maybe those sway bad. bar bushings go bad. I've got It'll some new ones, but sounds. looking at them, I'm like, I don't know how to get <laughs> that to get them out and put new ones in. So the lower ball joints on the Foreigner was the easiest automotive repair thing I've ever done. I feel like I did an easier one. I put a retainer thing on my gas cap. It's pretty easy. I put fuel in the vehicles that count as a repair. No, it won't run without it. That doesn't mean it's broken. (laughs) It's broken. It doesn't need fuel. That means you're broken. That's yeah, that's more like it. That's all that we know for sure. So please just listen to Nerds as we discuss pop culture. Our topic is awesome. It's Nerdy Culture. If you want it on the edge, it's Nerdy Culture. Well, speaking of trucks, that's our topic. I know, Pult's gone. We have free reign to talk about whatever we want. (laughs) You guys picked um, some aspects of trucks, right, to talk about? Yeah. I I think I went a different route. I took a look at and made a spreadsheet comparing all the new electric trucks that are coming out. Oh. There's some interesting statistical comparison equations, which don't make much sense, but are kind of fun. What's the group detude? Oh, just kidding. Well, I've got. I took like I have the H or the horsepower, torque, range, payload, towing, and zero to sixty times, and, and I have price. So I just each of those different things I divided by the price to see what the cost per whatever it is for each vehicle. Was. Cost per horsepower. Oh, cost, per horsepower. <laughs> cost per horsepower, which is really weird. A really weird metric, but yeah, we'll talk about. I don't know if you want me to start. Go for it. Yeah. All right. Cool. So the four I'm comparing are the Rivian R1T. I don't know if you guys have heard about that one. Yeah. Uh, the Tesla the Cybertruck. Long way. Up. What's that? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> the new Ford F-150 Lightning. Ooh. And the GMC Hummer EV. Oh. oh so my. they're all these are all coming out in 2022, and they all have a varying, most of them have a varying range of options. Like, for instance, the Ford Lightning, I saw a stat that said the base model um, with like no bells and whistles, nothing, 
is going to be about forty thousand dollars. Does it at least have a horn? Probably. Oh, wind up window, hand winding windows. I actually <laughs> have some bells I can put on. So, right. Um, but the top end one, you're looking at like the uh, platinum version with all the options. You're looking at probably just under hundred thousand dollars. So the part with electric vehicles is getting the less extravagant one probably is going to increase your range. Probably. Because on an electric vehicle, everything that adds weight adds weight consumes electricity does something for you is going to take power. Yeah. Now, I was thinking about the the range of the we'll talk about range first, I guess. Um, The lightning one has the shortest range. It's like 300. 300 miles. Um, and that's with the, the expanded battery. The other one is like 240 or something. Um, like but they have an option that they're looking at that would look like a truck, old truck toolbox, you know, that goes right behind the cab. There would be an onboard range extending generator. Well, cool. Well, so you can burn diesel to create power. Right. So if you couldn't find a charging station, you could not have your car a bit, like stuck. And this one also, when you plug it, your it, it, your house power into it, if your power went, and your house went out, your truck, if it was fully charged, could power your house for three days. That's awesome. Um, they're doing some cool stuff like that. The really cool thing is I never thought about this as far as trucks go, but I saw when they opened the hood where the hood would be, and it was all just storage space. There's nothing in there. There's no engine. Because yeah. that's the one bad thing about a pickup is that you don't have dry storage. Right. But you um, do now. So if you the have Rivian a has, I think all of them have that pretty much. The Rivian actually has a locking like compartment aft of the cab before the bed, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Um so, looking at the range, the Rivian, these are what they said, or what I found on the internet. So, a lot of this stuff is, until they actually get this in third-party hands, on like a consistent track that they can compare them evenly, are going to be like old power ratings on um, car audio amplifiers, probably. So, take them with a grain of salt. But they said their range was 400 miles, um, compared to the... So, in order of Least to greatest, you got the Lightning at 300, the GMC Hummer EV at 350, the R1T Rivian at 400, and the Cybertruck advertises 500 miles I on a chart. Also, don't buy that. But. And these are all the high end, like their expanded battery. Yeah. Um, comparing mm-hmm. the same to same. Uh, uh, so the Rivian, I don't know if you've seen Ewan McGregor's motorcycle documentary, the most recent one. No. Um, so it's a long way up, and they ride from Tierra del Fuego, Chile, up to the U.S. on the Harley-Davidson Livewire electric motorcycles. But they got production units one and two of the Rivians is what the production crew drove. Hmm. And I don't think that their range was quite that good. Yeah, I think they're it all several episodes battery ended. technology. Yeah, I think several episodes ended with them uh, sitting in the dark with their 
a diesel sprinter van with a generator in it, mm. charging the thing so they could get the last 10 miles into the town. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and at one point, they actually use the sprinter van to tow charge them. Mm. So you can tow them and charge the batteries from towing it. Mm-hmm. And so they would tow them 10 miles to get, like... Eight miles of range or something. I, I heard if you actually just push them backwards and then let go, they'll spring forward. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an for, awesome feature. For range, this is going to be the uh, dollar amount per mile of range for each vehicle. Starting at the lowest is the Cybertruck at $99.80 um, per mile. Of range. Then the Lightning, so the Ford one at 140. And then the Rivian at 182.50, followed by the Hummer EV at $320 per range of miles. Wow. Wow. Uh, you can probably guess from that what the most expensive of these is the Hummer. Since <laughs> they had the second lowest range. Right. And the highest of this by. More than almost double. Wow. Uh, triple of the Cybertruck. So uh, just, I was trying to think of what would be comparable. So I've been calculating these stats for my motorcycle. Right. Or what I paid. And it has a hundred dollars per mile range. Okay. So the Cybertruck is about that. Um, Ford's a little bit above that. And then the other two are just like. You're paying a lot of money, which you're getting other stuff. I mean, this is a kind of a ridiculous comparison stat. That doesn't really make much sense, but that's what I'm about. Um, so let's look at the uh, the horsepower values. These are fun. So the lowest is 380, and that's the Ford Lightning, um, which I think is more than my truck makes <laughs> right now. That's a lot. That's probably what my truck but is. But it looks puny compared to the other rates that the other companies are, are putting out there. So the next one is the Cybertruck at 690 horsepower. Oh. And that's with their tri-motor one. There's, they actually have a um, a single, a dual, and a tri-motor. Like, that's with the tri-motor one. I'm not sure. Must have two motors on the rear axle and then one on the front. Yeah, probably. probably. Um, the Rivian with the quad motor so the one motor Ooh. per wheel, 750 horsepower. And the Hummer, <laughs> 1,000 horsepower. Jeez. Still the most expensive per. Which is ridiculous, yeah. Oh. And we go to the horsepower, um, or dollar per horsepower. It actually is interesting, the comparison, because the low one is a Cybertruck at $72. And then the Rivian at 97 the Ford at 110 and the Hummer's only 112. Huh. So, I guess with the Hummer, it's really easy to do that math. You can figure out how much the truck costs because I just said it's a thousand horsepower yeah, and hundred twelve dollars, hundred twelve thousand dollars. Jeez, but it's got lots the of top, cool features. Top end Hummer. It has a three foot snorkel depth, which is okay. a lot. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that's quite interesting. Then we go, let's go torques. So lightning is about half of everyone else at 450. Um, then it goes Cybertruck at 824, Rivian at 829, and the Hummer, 11,500. 
<laughs> Whoa. That'll so, suck the paint off your house and give your family a permanent orange after. I'm, I'm going to do the torque price after. comparison reverse order. So the Ford Lightning is at $93 per torque. Um, a pound? Yep. Yeah. Then the Rivian at 88 Cybertruck at 60 And the Hummer, $9.74. So if you're going to buy a truck based on cost per torques, you want to get the Hummer. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this other one, like... I'm curious if they are actually going to be able to... Yeah, I'd like to compare that. I'll keep this and then compare it when they actually come out and are independently tested. Mm -hmm. Well, you're torque limitation is going to be limited by tra- like your grip right yeah so you'd have to load up the thing with a ton of weight to just be able to get enough normal force to oh speaking of weight there was a I guess a video that showed a Ford Lightning pulling a million pounds of train cars with Ford Lightnings on them Although it's rated only for towing 10,000 pounds. Yeah, and you know, 450 foot-pounds, I think is what you said, isn't really that much for compared to, like, other gas vehicles. I think the EcoBoost, the V6 EcoBoost, um, had, like, five or six hundred. Right. Um, I would not think you'd be getting the Ford Lightning to like tow toys. No. Um, because yeah, uh, but we talk about towing and payload. The Hummer doesn't have values for either one of those. They're not, they haven't been released. They don't, we don't know. So they're going to be left out of this one. So we'll, let's start with payload. So the Rivian's at 1760, Ford Lightning 2000, and the Cybertruck 3500. Um, which puts their payload prices. The Rivian's payload price is forty-one dollars. Um, the Ford Lightning is twenty-one, and the Cybertruck is fourteen dollars. Then we get to towing. Um, they're all kind of close. Cybertruck's at fourteen thousand, Rivian eleven thousand, and the Ford Lightning ten thousand. Um, which is. Ford Lightning doesn't make near as much power, but I mean it's almost comparable up in you know the towing and the payload capacity, which one really you shouldn't be towing something that weighs that much, right? With that small of a truck, it definitely loses in the zero to sixty time, as far as these other trucks, not compared to like our trucks. Um, So it's got uh, advertised four seconds to sixty, which is still pretty good. That's ridiculous yeah yeah um and when you talk electric vehicles i was watching a a guy a video of a guy that had uh, converts classic cars into electric vehicles and he took a test two tesla motors and put them in a 73 volkswagen beetle (laughs) it's like the main problem you have is not you know usually when you try to get faster or more horsepower um, or more performance you try to eliminate weight he's like with electric vehicles you're trying to increase like downforce and grip because 
with electric motors, yeah, they have all these high horsepower, but if you can't actually get it to move forward without destroying your tires, it's not usually, you know, very helpful. Um, so, yeah, four seconds for the Lightning. So that's um, $10,500 per second of zero to 60 time. <laughs> I was going to convert that to actually like the acceleration break, but it miles per hour per hour or something, but miles per hour per second, I guess, is 20 miles per hour per second. Anyway, um, yeah, $10,500. <laughs> um, so next, it's tied between the Rivian and the Hummer. They both advertise three seconds to 60. <laughs> so the Hummer's obviously more. It's $37,000 for or per second of zero to 60 time. And the Rivian's only $24,000. Um, and the Cybertruck... I saw varying values between 2.5 and 2.9 seconds to 60, um, which gives it a $17,200 per second of acceleration. But that's what makes the the lightning the winner, right? 10,500, the next one's 17. So they win in that one. That's cheaper. And the nice thing about the Ford is (laughs) if you're just dividing it by seconds, you're there's. Yeah. yeah, you need to like set the the slowest one as as the base, and then yeah, hey, Tony, these are ridiculous stats. Yeah, okay. so that is that's actually um, ten thousand five hundred dollars per sixty miles per hour per three seconds. So I would, I, I think it's valid <laughs> actually because I'd rather take four seconds to get up to sixty than two point five. Just snap your neck every time you just go. My question yeah. for all of the electric vehicles is how much range do you lose in those four seconds <laughs> compared to the range I lose if I do that in my right. gas car? Mm. Yeah. That's a good that's question. A good we question. can probably calculate I that. really want to. That's the question I have because I'm right. like. Okay, your car can go zero to sixty in three seconds, but did your two hundred mile range just drop to one hundred and fifty miles? Because it doesn't do that in the car, you know. Like, if I it looks really fast. I saw a video of the lightning accelerating. Um, It actually had the um, president behind the wheel. He was up in Detroit, I guess, Mm -hmm. and stopped by, but. I don't know if you guys noticed or how many people noticed, but if you look closely at one of the shots, you can see that there's a second steering wheel on the passenger side. Hmm. Oh, <laughs> and uh, what, I didn't watch I any think of the those president show them like moving the steering wheel, but nothing happened with the truck. Probably because the other person was actually driving. Just probably a good idea when you're talking about like a really expensive early model, not released to the public yet test vehicle. <laughs> you don't want to put that in the hands of a 90 year old man. Um, so anyways, the nice thing about Ford, I guess, is they are the number one truck, the F-Series truck, for like 40-some years. Well, and so. they only gave it enough performance that it would, I mean, you you would actually need that much right. horsepower. That's and the... I mean, it probably blows most of my truck current truck stats out of the water. Right. Um, and they're the gearing range. it towards you drive to Actually. your job site, and then you can... The cool thing is you can like use it as a job site generator. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say the Ford is what stand out to me in a lot of these numbers with that they're designing it for normal people to buy these. Well, the price even. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you buy a, a diesel powered platinum F350 or F150, even you're topping out in the 80s or $90,000 range right yeah. now with a gas or even a diesel. One. Um, and these numbers are comparable to that for electric. They're trying to put them, okay, if we're going to come out with electric truck, we want it to be like one of our trucks. Yes, it I just like. needs to be one of the options that you choose right. from. And now, it doesn't need to be a supercar. If price wasn't the, the uh, I'd have a Cybertruck. I'd probably do the Rivian. Okay, I'll I like how they look. The Hummer, so I can just pull people's houses down the street. <laughs> With the 11,000 foot. Oh, I saw something. Uh, did you have the it. weight of the vehicles? Oh, that was a good question. I don't have. I can pull it up real quick, though, probably. Because um, I thought I, I remember seeing something about how much the Hummer's going to weigh. They're heavy, usually. Uh, so 9,046 pounds. So it might be able to do some work with that 11,000 foot pounds of torque. Yeah. But what's um, the ground clearance heavy. on each of them? Probably pretty good if they electric motor. Yeah, if they don't need a diff sticking down. Right. Yeah. Um, a lot of them, if you go to their websites, a lot of them have like lots of stats about departure angles and um, all that. I didn't get that on here. I, this is very quick research by me. I was doing, mm-hmm. because um, I didn't have much time. Anyways, um, they're heavy usually. Yeah, yeah. I think the cyber the battery is like it's sixty five hundred or mostly battery pounds. weight. That's not bad. So I think some. Uh, of, yeah, it's a lot of the other like electric cars even are really heavy. Mm-hmm. That's so why I call my uh, belly my battery. <laughs> I think the Rivian weren't they supported pretty heavily by Ford in their development um, I think Amazon was behind them a lot so I don't think uh, the Amazon CEO likes Elon Musk very much mm. I think they feel feelings mutual well I don't, think, I don't think Elon Musk thinks like has enough brain power to think bad about something and stew on it I don't think he cares. Yeah, he probably doesn't take the time to worry about it. But, like, the technology and all these are is crazy. Like, basically, my 27-inch monitor looks like that's what the center console is on the Ford. Mm. It's just ridiculous. I saw pictures from their, like, I think they call them, like, the Ford Lightning Pro, which they're for the contractors, basically. Oh, right. And it had, it looked just, you wouldn't be able to tell that it was electric like on the inside it didn't have that like veneer of electric vehicleness that they have to put on everything right um which i that's what i like about the big automakers getting into the electric vehicle space is because they don't I, look like a prius yeah 
They just, I don't know. I Ford was, was going to call the Lightning the Prius of trucks, but luckily <laughs> they changed their mind. <laughs> Have you seen the Mustang? Um, that's their the E. Yeah. I was like, what is that? And I saw a Mustang yes. and I almost threw up. Like, that is not a Mustang. Yeah. I saw one in person at the auto show back in 2019. Oh, no. It might have been 2020 before pre pandemic. But oh, so supposedly most ugly. of these are, are coming out in 2022. So expect cool. that. I probably won't be in the market for a new truck. And I so need something I, that can. Did I tell you about price? Right. I actually the just Rivian's listened to a. 73,000 for the Rivian. Um, Cybertruck, they range from 49. Thousand nine hundred to sixty nine thousand nine hundred. By the time they actually get released, that'll double. I'll just get a used one. I don't think there's a whole lot of used Teslas out there. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I never see them on uh, cars selling websites. Yeah, well, Tesla just disables them remotely if you sell it. So, <laughs> I, there you go. Yeah. electric trucks. Cool. Thanks, David. Vivi. So I went a different route with talking about vehicles, and. Okay. Decided I would just talk about different types of uh, suspensions and Ooh. how different system suspension systems works and work and what some of the advantages and disadvantages of them are. Um, so basically, the suspension is what is between the frame of the vehicle and the cab where people are. Mm-hmm. And so its job is to support the weight of the vehicle. And isn't it between the frame and the axle? Yes. Sorry. That's what I meant. Okay. Not the, yeah. The cab does have like usually some rubber mounts well, between it and the frame, but what would you like to do with that way? To have the bottom of the vehicle doing all this crazy stuff and the top just like uh, I don't know. It probably put too much torque into the frame. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So between the between the axles and the frame and body if it's a monoframe, monocoque whatever um, so it supports the vehicle and it, its big job is absorbing impacts um, like when you run over those neighborhood animals uh-huh. or curbs I like to run over curbs oh yeah that's one of the nicest perks of driving a truck Right, you just find the you curb. You don't care about driving. curbs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have a truck. It has. What? 
solid oh. axle is uh which means it has an axle tube with differential in the middle of it and there's axles that are straight shocking that run through that tube and has u-joints at the end of it that account for steering in the front and in the back it just is a steel shaft that's splined on one end that goes into the differential and the other end has a flange that the wheel bolts to basically um the forerunner has a solid rear axle and a independent front suspension um which is what most cars have and those have uh CV joints, which is constant velocity joints, and they basically have their they have joints in them, so the axle um, moves with the one end of the axle doesn't move, and one of the axle does move with the suspension travel. And those are just universal joints too. Yeah, right? I think they're double cardan joints, which are a mm. type of Universal. It's like a type of universal joint with two that are integral with each other. I oh. believe. Um, and they fail spectacularly if you mm-hmm. watch certain YouTube channels for off-roading. Yeah. Um, and it has Charlie living in fear of how many we need to carry with us when we go <laughs> for places the forerunner. Nice. But we don't have lockers or anything and they typically explode from having tires spinning and then catching and it shock mm. loads them. Yeah. If your tires won't spin, then they go. Yeah. So if your tires are not spinning, then it doesn't matter. Um, so with that, you typically have two parts of the suspension. You have some weight bearing component, which is either a leaf spring or a coil spring. And it doesn't, it's a spring, so it doesn't really have much in the way, it has like a force that it exerts to return it to its natural shape, but it doesn't have very good damping. So you have a shock absorber, which is what dampens dampens the springs, springs. so that the springs can move, the shocks can move to whatever length but they just resist movement they when Mm -hmm. they're in a static place they aren't exerting any force they're some but um kind of like that just has to do with the (laughs) valving um so shock absorbers come in a bunch of different varieties which is kind of where i'm honing in um and they typically work it's just a piston with holes or valves in it in a in the piston face and so when you try to push it some kind of a fluid or gas has to travel between the head of the piston to the other side to equalize the pressure and that is all it is the most simple shocks just are a rod with a sealed plate with holes in it basically it prevents it from moving quickly 
and the harder you push, the more it pushes back, basically. Right. Because um, you're forcing only... the fluid through small holes, so yes. there's resistance there. Um, so in the off-road space, what happens a lot of times when you... A lot of those... I guess, so the shocks typically have either water, a gas, which is usually nitrogen, or some kind of oil-based mixture in them. Um, and what ends up hap- happening, especially with the hydro, with like oil or water-type mixtures, is as you... That energy is... When you do force it that energy comes out in heat. And so over time, if you're doing like long corrugated roads, that shock is working a lot and it's generating a lot of heat and it reduces the viscosity of the fluid, which means Mm -hmm. it can flow through those orifices faster and it reduces the amount of damping that the shock can provide. So by taking air out of your tires is good for that because you're so that's yeah you are adding damping to a different part of the system. Um, so one solution is, and is what I have on the truck now on the front, is uh, reservoir shocks. So it all it is is just a separate tube that's just full of the liquid. To provide a greater volume of liquid that has to heat up. And it prevents the shock fade, is what they call it. Where your shocks basically stop uh, resisting the forces as much. Um, And then there are also other types of shocks that... So basically with that orifice, you can change the shapes... And you can put valves and stuff in there that are like one-way valves that are, um, if you put two one-way valves in opposite directions, you can have it so they react differently, whether they're being compressed or extended. So you can get different characteristics from the shocks for each direction. The next step beyond that are called bypass shocks, and they have tubes on the outside, which will physically when the shock gets into a certain range will change the path of the fluid and relieve pressure so they'll be softer in the mid travel but then if you go off like a jump or something and it fully extends when you land it'll have a different compression uh, response from where it's when it's in the normal amount of travel. And so with those, you can set up the, each end of the shock basically in compression and rebound will react differently. Um, which are pretty, pretty cool. Um, one other thing with, uh, suspensions that you'll notice sometimes if you see a truck, that's really got a big lift on it and the front and the back of the trucks don't follow each other in the same Mm -hmm. track. Mm -hmm. Um, That has to do with the suspension. So you have to triangulate your suspension so that it's restrained in all of 
the degrees of freedom. Um, so for my truck, for example, came with uh, radius arms. So it attached at one place in the back and two places on the axle. But that doesn't constrain the axle laterally. Mm -hmm. So there's a bar that attaches from the frame to the axle that's perpendicular to the center line of the vehicle. And so that provides that, you know, that degree of freedom restraint. So when you see a truck that's lifted with that's not running straight, it's because they didn't don't have the correct length track bar. And they lifted it without changing the length of that or got the wrong one. Or something. Maybe they're just trying to get a force multiplier so it looks like there are more trucks going through. Yeah, it's really disconcerting when you see it, a truck. There, like was, that. A, there was a Volkswagen Sirocco <laughs> in Boise that you'd follow behind and you could see the front tires. But that was not because of lifting problems. I think that was a major accident. Yeah, it probably the, put same back on the road. type thing. Um, so the other way you can do that uh, is so my truck stock had radius arms. So it attached the axle in two places on the frame in one, which provides when the front axle goes up and down, it maintains the uh, pinion off the differential facing the same place because the whole thing rotates in a single radius i converted my truck to a four link setup so it's two separate bars that are different lengths and so it actually changes the angle of the axle as it goes through its travel and provides more adjustability for how it responds um what you can also do is a four link where you they're called triangulated and you attach the control arms at are at angles so that they provide all of the degrees of freedom the restraint for all the degrees of freedom hmm. um, without the need for a fifth track bar pan hard bar is also what they're called um, and if you drop one onto a big rock, they will bend. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> As I've learned. And if they also have, uh, if you have one fail, like the knuckle part that attaches the truck is usually threaded and mine were like an inch and a eighth bar threaded bar, basically. And they thread into a, tube if you have the threads on the tube strip out <laughs> uh, you can have your tire go into a pothole the four link disconnect and then you run into your own tire Whoa. which I have also had happen ouch, ouch. <laughs> yeah. yeah just the Some sus important. suspension 101 so it's interesting talking about the the radial arms because my lower control arms for my little car. Um, St. Jimmy knows all about them because he helped me play with them. But it's basically just one big piece um, that's like stamped steel. 
with like the, all the stuff included on it. And you definitely have to put them in the right order. Yeah. The big <laughs> yeah. So independent suspensions have upper and lower control arms and they only, you can ad- get a lot more adjustment out of those by like your alignment is your camber which is how much your tires are rotated in or out your toe and your what's caster which is the angle from like the path of travel vertically that they take um and you have way more control with the independent front suspension so on my the truck. The, oh, um, that's the airbags. How they, which one of those they fit in? So take so, the place of shocks and your springs, right? Uh, it depends. Um, on trucks, typically they'll just be added in as an additional thing. Uh, my truck had airbags on it when I bought it. Um, and they would just basically take the place of the spring when you wanted it to. It would just relieve pressure off of the spring. But you also have issues when you extend. They're not meant for extending. Mm. So they were not doing very well in my truck off-roading with airbags. (laughs) Sometimes they look like a... (laughs) Not they're just like that Imagine short, they look like, right? You know, pancakey things, and they'd be like completely stretched out the other direction. Hmm. <laughs> I keep my airbag on the inside. <laughs> it must be a Hoover instead of a oh, it's dirt bag. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I keep my airbag in the steering wheel where it belongs. Yep. Well. So do you guys want to hear about differentials and lockers or tire pressure and bead lock? Mm-hmm. Ooh, differentials. Yeah, I think differentials. So your engine sends out power through the transmission and it goes through a, a shaft that rotates that goes down the length of your vehicle to the back. But then it has to transfer that power out board a thwart ship to the wheels which rotate <laughs> perpendicular to the drive shaft so if you look at your solid axle it's got this big pumpkin, pumpkin in the middle of it and that's full of gears and so the end of the drive shaft goes into that and it's got this little conical pinion gear and then Parallel to your wheel is this big bowl gear that it turns. And that turns one of the axles. And then that axle is connected to the other axle with with a differential gear. And the spider gears. Yeah, the reason it's set up that way so you don't is because on stuff. when... You're turning. Um, 
your wheels actually need to turn a different number of rotations. So the wheel on the inside gets a shorter path. So if your differential was just locked, you would basically drag your tires kind of sideways through a, a corner. The differential, what it does is when you're turning, it basically slows one wheel down a certain number of rotations and the other opposite wheel increases by that number of rotations per time. Just and so that way, together until the they same. balance. Yeah, it's always like averages out to the same as your as your speed. Yeah, as like what your drive shaft going through the Hopefully, otherwise you have a catastrophic failure, right? So most vehicles just have an open diff where it's gonna it's gonna do that as needed. The problem that can happen though is if one of your wheels loses traction, then it's going to get all of the rotation. All of the power is going to go to whichever wheel can rotate the fastest. And then you don't have any forward thrust because you're not pushing against the ground anymore. So you have one tire that's got traction potentially that's not turning. The one that's in ice or water or mud or sand is just spinning away and you don't move. So there's different ways to get around that. There's limited slip differentials, which Oh no. I think we lost them. Slip is it only there's different provides... mechanisms they oh, you, use. We lost we lost you right as you said. There's limited slip differentials that <sighs> Okay. So my internet's been kind of bad today. It doesn't allow basically an unlimited difference in your axle speeds between the two sides. So it will only let that ratio get to a certain amount before it's limited out. So then your wheel that has traction gets a certain percentage of the power. And those can also do, I believe those work off of clutch plates with, uh, friction some of them do some there's of different are, kinds yeah some of them i've seen have they just have a fluid in there that when one of the tires spins faster than the other it heats up and that pushes the plates together some of them some newer vehicles they'll actually use the brake on the spinning wheel oh if that's it more of a traction control yeah, but they it's technically considered limited slip. It's not in oh. the differential though. Yeah. I at least the this one video I saw claimed that. But hmm. that's kind of a technology way to get around your open diff. Um and then there's full differential locking. So what this is is it's a manual way to lock it so that both tires will spin the same rate no matter what. So if you're going into something where you need to go straight, but you're worried about losing traction, you would turn this on and it doesn't allow that spider gear to 
change the ratio, it locks so your axles both get the same amount of. I don't know if it gives them the same amount of power. It would just give them make them rotate at the same rate. Well, it would lock the. So whichever one has more traction would get more power. Yeah. Um. But you don't want that on all the time, because <laughs> when you turn, it doesn't allow them to rotate at the different rates, and you're going to drag them sideways. So is that that way when I put my truck in four wheel drive, it because the front does the front have a differential also? It, it does, does have a differential. The reason, it's not locked though. It could drags. You can't. They but can't the reason that's because you are making the front and back axles turn at the same rate. Okay, that's what so you're getting a. You're getting kind of effect front to back. So it's basically a locker, not between the two wheels on the same axle, but between the two axles. It's basically a differential in your transfer case. Which is either locked or unlocked. Yeah. So I've never driven with diff lockers on. I've never owned a vehicle with lockers i'm not sure if my truck has limited slip or not so if you look at the diff the there's a little tag on your rear differential Mm -hmm. that'll have your gear ratio listed on it and it'll have an ls or not after if it oh okay and some years before that i can look at the tag on the diff and tell But I thought I would have to like look up a number on there, and I've never gotten around to do it. But I think interesting mine to know. says LS on it, which I mine says three seventy three LS, which is not true in any case anymore. <laughs> so I should probably just take the tag off. But just do a single line out, initial and yeah. date it, and restate and write it the with correct. Well, so ratio and uh, one of my friends that. I used to wheel with all the time in college had a Toyota Tacoma with a rear locker in it. Mm. Most of the time on, it was an, a Toyota Tundra TRD off-road or whatever. So mm. it was a stock locker, electric locker. Okay. Which we could probably talk a little bit about uh, the types of lockers. There's three different types um but they don't want you to it's meant for when you're like stuck and need that little bit extra mm-hmm. so usually this on new vehicles they'll only let you turn a rear locker on if you're in four low oh so kenton he changed the wiring on it so mm-hmm. he could put it in locked anytime so we would just put it lock the rear diff and two-wheel drive and then cookie town (laughs) (laughs) and you just do donuts because you you have all of that power going just to the rear wheels and you can spin um it is really good when you're on hills and there's off camber and you have different loading on different Mm. wheels is where lockers primarily come in. Um, and then we just got 
we got an air locker installed in our truck in the mm-hmm. rear, um, but we have not used it yet. Refer to all the previous conversations <laughs> about things that have been wrong <laughs> with it. But at some point, we will uh, get the truck out and um, use the locker, hopefully. The locker. You can also use a rear locker when you're going downhill. Helps with um, braking Ooh. and not having more control going downhill. Interesting. I've yeah, heard. I hadn't thought of that. That's what I've heard. Um, and then the three different types of fully locking differentials are air lockers, which put pressure behind a plate when that just slides. No, he's frozen. I wasn't sure if you're frozen too or not. No, I was trying to move my head so you could see that I wasn't frozen. Oh no. Oh he's really frozen. He's locked. He's pneumatically locked. I'm more of a limited slip situation. <laughs> I'm wide open. Oh. I was just looking at the uh American Trucks website at the different differentials. So is there different options when you get your F one fifty? Um, when you buy one to get either open or limited slip or is it like based on your year sorry I was frozen oh I missed what you were saying I you're back sorry yeah you did I was was asking if when you buy a truck is the differential options is that one of the options you can get on your brand new truck uh from what I've seen stock for a year usually comes with packages so okay. like if you get an off-road package it'll have a locking diff which um where did, when did i cut off sorry uh you like this plate oh oh yeah oh man okay so uh <laughs> air yeah, lockers was a long time sorry <laughs> so they basically have two surfaces that spin freely and it acts like a normal differential and they have two plates with lugs on them or dogs and when you put pressure behind the plate it shoves the two pieces together Mm -hmm. um air lockers or that's air lockers electric lockers use electromagnets to basically do the same thing cool fans um and then there are cable driven ones old school and well, they're actually they're more competition. Um, a lot of people use them for competition, and they are just actual manual cables. Um, yeah, and they they're kind of old school. And they add about three hundred dollars to the price of your differential, apparently. <laughs> uh, well, that's not too bad. If that's all, that's amazing. There's some Yukon gear ones on the American Trucks website for my truck that are $865. Yeah, that sounds about $1,000 per axle is about what the parts are going to cost. Cool. 
Cool. And that's Truck Talk. Truck Nerdity. Truckcast 2021. <laughs> we going to make it a yearly thing where we talk trucks for... It'll just be whenever Mr. Pold's gone. Yeah. Should have watched all truck TV shows. Oh, yeah, you should have. got consumption this week <laughs> oh sounds like dvd does earlier i had uh mountain pneumonia where you have pneumonia with the dew and i inhale inhale it at work which is the worst then you're sitting there coughing along and oh, climate like people are looking at you askew i thought you said he was vaccinated anyway you're like 96 percent oh <laughs> there's, still there's other reasons guys. To cough, people. Do I? I guess I usually go before You're first. You. Oh, yeah, okay. Pulled, then St. Jimmy, then me, and then Master Zed. I, I'm discombobulated. Okay. My. So earlier, all of a sudden, like, my mouse started moving around on the screen. I don't have a mouse, I was just using the trackpad. But um, my kids have been using the laptop earlier, and oh, like man. programs started closing, and Skype window was moving. I'm like, "What's going on?" I realized the dongle was plugged in, so oh. somebody in the other room must have been moving my mouse and clicking. So I pulled the dongle real quick, but my stuff had closed. Okay, I got it. <laughs> that's, okay, that's so we watched a movie. It's a horror movie. It's in black and white takes place i think it probably starts off in like the early 70s maybe or late 60s and it ends up in probably the early 80s i guess but uh it's called the eyes of my mother and it's about this girl who lives with her parents they're in america but they're from portugal or at least somewhere that speaks portuguese i guess they never said but her mother was well, maybe they do say, because I think she said her mother was a an eye surgeon in Portugal. And so she would teach her daughter, like, things about cutting into pe- thing animals. She would, when they slaughtered a cow, she would, like, do, like, these demonstrations with her daughter on how to, like, dissect the cow's eye and stuff. But then... Her mom gets killed when she's like eight or something. And she turns out to be pretty messed up and do some messed up things. I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of slow, but yeah. Interesting. Art housey. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool. What was it on? Uh... Uh, I can probably look it up. <laughs> it may have been it on, on Netflix. <laughs> we watched it on the television. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just just Google it. Uh, 
Uh, we watched The Crow, which is the Brandon Lee movie. Oh, yeah. That's good. That okay. he Amazon was crime. That's where oh, the phrase yeah. "what the crap" comes from. Oh, yeah, they did. They do say that in there. There's a police officer that says, "What the crap?" Yep, I remember that. Funny. So it's about this couple. They're engaged. They're going to be married the next day, but in the city they live in, every October 30th, um, people just go out and commit arson and assault and murder, and it's like this crazy purge night almost, although it's they, not sanctioned. And they schedule the wedding night for the day after that? Yes. That seems like poor On Halloween. I, I don't know why. But um, go forward. the the woman is part of this she's like the leader of this tenant action group and she gets murdered on the day before their wedding and so does the the dude Brandon Lee they both get murdered by these thugs this group of four guys that work for the guy that's responsible for most of the arson and he's doing it for financial reasons um, for the most part. Well, a year after their murder he gets brought back to life and he's basically invincible and he goes and kills the guys that killed him and his fiance. Uh, it was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, he was killed due to a prop mishap during the filming of it. So there, there was a scene or something where, although I never saw it in the movie, so it may have been something else, but they had a revolver that they were filming somebody put bullets in it that didn't have any powder in them, basically. So they looked like regular bullets. Well, then they took those out and in the next day or something, they loaded it up with blanks that are bullets with powder, but no slug on the end. And so it shoots and it looks like a real shot, except nothing comes out. Well, what they didn't know is when they were putting the bullets in the day before that did have slugs and no powder, one of the slugs was stuck in the chamber. And so when they shot the blank, it fired a bullet out Oh, and killed Brandon. It was Bruce Lee's son, right? Yeah. Yep. So pretty sad. Yeah. Just a freak accident, you know, and I'm sure there's things they do nowadays to make sure that doesn't happen because of that. But it's pretty, pretty good movie. And then we watch. I feel like that just the cover art and images from that I saw when I was really young and it scared me and I don't think I've ever seen it. (laughs) It's decent. It's from the early 80s. But, yeah, he's basically like this avenging 
It's still a little bit artsy too. I would superhero. Think. It is. It's it's on the artsier side, but there's still lots of like gunplay and fighting and stuff. Uh, and then the last thing we watched is we finished the last part of the Netflix Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It's about Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and this season was probably the best one. They're basically fighting this series of eldritch terrors that are trying to destroy the Earth, or at least take it over, or, you know, each one has a different motive. But they have to figure out what each one is and how to beat it and and stuff, and it's really good. All right, well, I watched a really good zombie movie that... Um... I don't know if St. Jimmy's seen it yet. If he hasn't, he needs to watch it. It's called Army of the Dead. I just saw it on there and put it in my queue. Looks like Master Zed watched it as well. So if you want to chime in. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Good. I thought it was really good. Because I just saw like the little preview clip and I was like, we're watching that. But we haven't had, until yesterday, we have couches couches in our living room. So we've been... (laughs) Mostly just watching TV in our bedroom, and it's not the best TV. So we've just been well, watching. Well, you don't have... That's where we have our best TV. Oh. <laughs> no, we have our old TV in the bedroom. So now that we have the t- couches, we can watch stuff out there again. So sometime next week, I'll be watching it. So the premise is a zombie outbreak occurs in Vegas. Mm. And the government basically puts a wall around Vegas made out of shipping containers. Okay. Like lock in to keep the zombies in. And a group of people that had been in there, or I think decide or get paid to go back in to attempt a robbery of a vault. That's in one of the buildings before the heist movie. Yeah. Interesting. It's all there. Yeah. So it's oceans 11. Zombies. Dawn yeah. of the Dead. Right. Oh, good. It's really got good. A, what's the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy? The guy that takes everything literal? Oh, Bautista. Yeah, Dave he's Bautista. Yeah, I saw kid? him on the preview. Um, I'm trying to think if I recognize anyone else in it. I don't think so. So he's definitely the, the big name. But it was really good. I thought it was excellent. Yeah, I look forward to uh, checking it out. Um, I finished Castlevania Season 4. It's an anime based mm. off the video game. Yeah, I think I saw the first season, maybe. I really enjoyed this season. I thought it was really good. Um, it's definitely worth watching. Okay. Check that out. There's some really cool weapons that show up. They're like, yes, finally. Hmm. Um, I watched a really stupid movie called The Starving Games. It's supposedly oh, it a parody. Comedy. Yeah, parody, comedy uh, parody, but they're not very good. Yeah. Usually. This was particularly bad, I thought. Um, not very good. So don't check that out. Yeah, I started a Twilight parody one time years no. ago. And I think I made it like four minutes in before I was like, nope. Well, Netflix was pushing it hard at me. So I was like, well, maybe it's better than. <laughs> but I, I think no, he disappointed me. Netflix. 
Cool. Make sure watch... you thumbs down it so that they oh, I need to make sure I do that. I think if you just shut it off and think I'm like, I've really watched all of that. You're just disgusted with it. Cool. Uh, I finished last night about like, 10 minutes to midnight uh, Gray Man book four called Dead Eye. This one, he is being chased by another singleton operator, so a guy that works by himself. Um, that, yeah, is that one end near a cemetery? Yes, in a pond area in the yep. winter. Okay, it was really good, and uh, there's one part you're like, "Holy crap!" because something happens that is very good. But I'm really enjoying the season series <laughs> and I'll probably be buying the next book. That's um, what I did. Oh, one after another. But it's on my, it's like, like I have it on my Google app so I can watch, or read it on my phone. I can switch over to my tablet. I can read it on my computer. Um, but it's really easy with those types of things to really, like simply just click on the next one and just purchase real quick. Um, so I've been spending my Google Play Rewards a lot. Mm-hmm. And going, getting like three dollars, and then spending them on the new book. Um, I can't wait to read the next one. That's already set me up for how great it's going to be. And then I watched an entire twenty-four episode of uh, anime in one day. Whoa! It's called Man. the Kame Ga Kill. Um, there is a large nation that has a young king who's probably in his teen eight in the early teens and he's being controlled by the minister that who's evil and so there's like a totalitarian regime and there's a group of individuals that have um these magic weapons or abilities that were created a long time ago that give them like other swords or armor and they're fighting against the bad guys in the city. And if you don't like watching lots of characters you enjoy dying throughout the entirety of it and leaving you basically there's just one character left, and this might not be the anime for you. <laughs> but I really, I, obviously, I really enjoyed it because I watched all of it in one day. Um, <laughs> I, I really liked the writing. I thought that the characters were really well developed. Um, I don't know. It's it's nice. I liked it. That's on Netflix if you want to watch that. Okay. Cool. Um, I, as mentioned, or as you talked about, you froze while... Or I froze, or somebody froze while you're talking about it. That's why I didn't chime in as much. But ah. um, I watched, yeah, Army of the Dead. Um, I've been, it's been coming up in my suggested news articles, stuff about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you, I guess I don't want to spoil it, but um, since St. Jimmy's going to watch it here. But when you do watch it, pay attention. I guess they, for some reason had one of the cameras had a couple dead pixels that they didn't edit out. Huh. Uh, so keep your eye out for a couple, like two or three dead pixels. Weird. A couple that show up a couple times. Okay. Um, 
And then it may have more supernatural slash sci-fi other weird stuff going on than you would expect. And I guess there's stuff sprinkled throughout it that um, alludes to that. Um, Okay. But I liked it. It, I watched it in two sittings. Um, It is kind of long. It's like two and a half hours. But I'd, I'd watch it again. I just watched it by myself. Um, oh, I should download it onto a tablet and we could watch it while we're camping. Yeah. Do you have a projector? No. Oh, you should get a Pico projector. I should just bring my TV. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure you don't end up with a dead battery because <laughs> camping oh, yeah. by yourself, that would be bad. Oh, we have a little jump starter thing now. Excellent. I've used it several times and not (laughs) usually on my own vehicle. Oh, okay. I've (laughs) helped out a random lady at a gas station once. I've used it on our neighbor's vehicle. Yeah, it's really nice. Cool. Um, Another movie I watched is The Girl Who Played With Fire. Ooh. Which is the, the dragon tattoo second in the girl with the dragon is, tattoo trilogy? Did you watch the foreign language one? I think that is the only one. That's version okay. I, of thought, that movie. I think the girl with the dragon tattoo has both, right? Yeah, That's, it does. Okay, they did an American version with Dan Daniel Craig. Craig. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Uh, so the Swedish version or Swedish one has uh, Numi Rapace, who is mm-hmm. in a lot of American movies as well. Um, she's really good. So she's kind of that, you know, computer hacker, whatever, um, it person, I think is what her job is. in the first one, when it all starts is like doing, uh, like hacking stuff. Yeah. Um, but she basically gets not really set up, but, um, the guy that is her uh steward? whatever steward yeah that writes That's the right her word i don't know sure it's like a guardian social worker person yeah that she's supposed to check in that had some pretty intense bad things happen in the first one he ends up dead and they think she killed him so she ends up a wanted Man, I haven't person. seen these in so long. Yeah, I should watch them again. I should I really watch like them. And, uh, yeah, so it's like this journalist is investigating a sex trafficking ring and ends up dead. And then this other guy ends up dead. And so they think that she did it, even though there's no motive for the other people. And, um, but she ends up having to figure out play with who it fire is. yeah oh. um but it was good yeah it's intense it's like a pretty uh it's not like a easy watch i guess <laughs> you know it takes yeah. some it makes me think they need a, a gray man movie series Ooh. who would you uh write a script for your I feel like I saw something about it getting optioned. 
Yeah, I think I did show too. Or something. Um, I'm trying to think who I would want to be the Gray Man. He's not Ooh, probably Tom hard. Cruise. He's too old. <laughs> they don't He's... care. Well, oh, would you... Do you see that they're totally scheduled to have Tom Cruise and a director go to the ISS to film yeah. the next Mission Impossible? They said the U.S. and Russia are racing to be the first to film a movie in space. It's going to be Fast and Furious 15, like my poster. Mm -hmm. (laughs) On the moon. Okay, there's actually an official trailer for the Gray Man movie. Oh. Starring, uh, let's see, directed by Anthony and Joe Russo. And Matthew Perry is the gray man. That would be weird. Oh, I Ryan saw Gosling. Chris Evans, but it's, it's not, got, he's not the gray man. It's got Ryan oh. Gosling. Ryan Gosling. Oh, we t- oh, didn't we talk about we, we this? We did talk about this. Because I looked cause, it up and was like, I don't know if I want to tell you. Yeah, that's right. We did talk about that. Maybe uh, can't they get a grown up goose to do it? <laughs> I feel like they need someone that... Well, he is kind of just like a normal-looking schmuck. I don't know. I think they should get Tony Shalhoub. I think they should get somebody that... (laughs) Jim Carrey. They should do a... a, What was that? Zero Dark Thirty or whatever, where they just got real soldiers to... Oh, yeah. Play. They should have just gotten some That was Active Valor. Oh, Active Valor. They had actually Navy SEALs. Hmm. They should have done that with Gray Man. Just get some actual like retired. I guess he's supposed to be like in his thirties, so I guess yeah. they would be hard to have retired. Well, but... Gosling's too old then, isn't he? He's forty. He's probably in his forties. He's six foot. He's way too tall. This is a bad hmm. choice. Well, because we're gonna recast thing... this thing again. The sugar and Sylvester Stallone. What's the whole thing with the gray man is he's like super nondescript. Yeah, he can just blend in anywhere. This so guy's like a movie star. Well, then 40. it's got to be Gary Oldman. Oh, yeah. That'd be good. Oh, yeah. Of course. For sure. He could play a 30-something. So Gosling's 41. That's, that's not good. They could dress him young. Just put his hat on sideways. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. That's all I've got. Interesting. All right. Wish it was easy every day. I'd like that better. Wish you'd forgotten what to say. That's not your kind. Okay. Does anybody have any nerd cred? I've got some. Okay. So I made a a shop pencil and scale holder. Mm. And it turned out actually quite interesting to the point that my wife actually told me that looks too nice to just be your shop pencil holder. You should <laughs> take that to work. Oh, show it off a little bit. It's still sitting on my workbench because I used an oil-based stain and it still smells. Mm. Uh, 
I'm thinking about putting on some, what's it called, clear coat or whatever to protect it. But mm -hmm. I basically, uh, I, designed in, I designed it in CAD based on um, using two by fours, I think, that I was going to cut down so that it didn't have the rounded edges. I was going to laminate them together and then shape it so it had three holes for scales at the back of it. And the scale, talking engineering scales, the triangle mm -hmm. thing. Um, oh, not like a weighing scale? Right, not a weighing scale. <laughs> it's going to have a set of balances. Non-drafters, non-engineers might not know what a scale is. Oh, uh, yeah. No, definitely not a, a ruler, straight edge. I'll break your finger with it. <laughs> uh, not a ruler. It's not the ruler. <laughs> and then in front of that, I have like five or six slots for like uh, permanent markers to go in, like vertically, they stick down the holes. That's our next T-shirt. That'd this be cool. Shows a scale, and then it says it's not a ruler. That would be awesome. I would. I'll draw draw that. Or um, it should be a scale being held by Arnold. That'd be good. That, that way, space. people would get that it's a, not not a tumor reference. Oh, I don't know. Get a big drawing of him from Kindergarten Cop. Or it could just say it's not a ruler and it doesn't have to be related to Kindergarten Cop. That's true. And don't use it as a straight edge. Yeah. Yeah, because if they used a scale instead of a, a ruler like to slap your hands at like Catholic oh. school, you would bring a lot broken of broken fingers. fingers. Yeah. Yes. Especially I've got a nice a aluminum edge. one. Ooh. Yeah, I've got, that's what I've got also. It's smaller than my um, bamboo one. They're so all supposed to be the same. They're not very accurate if they're different sizes. What? Oh, what if, the, if the lines were, I don't know. No, the lines <laughs> aren't different. It's the same length. <laughs> it's a different, like it doesn't stick out as much. It's, it's smaller diameter. Mm. Uh, and I did make a mistake on it. The holes for the scales, I the middle one, I made a little bit smaller for my metal scale. I accidentally drilled all the way through. So if you pick it up, it just will slide out the bottom. Oh, we can patch that. Yeah, I'm gonna, I thought about making a little like cork or something to put in the bottom, and then so after you get so that's all uh, flat surface towards the back. You should put holder. cork in the bottom of all of the holes so that it doesn't damage them when you drop them in there. The scales, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it'll look like you did that on purpose. That's true. That's a good idea. And then for the front, so the top part's flat with all those spots, vertical spots, stick stuff. And then the the flat kind of tapers down towards the front, and there's three grooves to set my P series Pentel mechanical pencils. Oh, so it was designed to fit. Nice. Uh, I've thought about different ways. Like you definitely want to throw one of those tip first down into a hole. So you're gonna break your lead. You're gonna um, eventually mm -hmm. um, warp your nib, which you don't want to do. You don't want a warped nib. Yeah, you're no. It's useless at that point. Yeah. Um I like my kids and they're young, I'd always have to go get a new one because they would like slightly bend the nib and you can't ever re-straighten it. And usually all that does is you start putting the pencil lead out and as soon as it gets out enough they can write, it snaps. Yeah. That's yeah. the next t shirt is it shows a Pentel pencil and it says don't bend the nib. I've already got like a three <laughs> drawing of a Pentel P two oh seven, so we could really easily make the, that T shirt. These are good ideas. I should write these down. That nib one might not go as over as well as the scale one, but 
Well, it's like I, I don't know if I ever showed you the T-shirt I designed for my work group, but my boss disallowed it. He said it was offensive. <laughs> I think he did show it to me. <laughs> it's great. Um, so, oh yeah, and then uh, which was difficult because it's six and a half inches wide, and I found out my drill press only drills two inch deep holes. Ooh. So I, I didn't have the router the right router bit to make those slots. So I decided before I cut the angle on it, I was just going to drill holes. And then when you cut the angle, then it'll be a little divot, right? Or a little mm. indentation with the pens in or pencils in. Mm-hmm. Um, and two of them turned out really good. Like the holes met. The third one, like the bit wandered a little bit on one side. So once I oh. drilled them from both sides, I got my really long three-eighths bit and just ran it all the way through. So I've oh. got one that's probably 18 inches long. Um, and then wrapped some 60-grit sandpaper around my square carpenter's pencil and used that to like really sand and smooth out those, those slots. Cool. Um, turned out really good. And I didn't use two-by-fours. I didn't have any, and they're really expensive right now. But I did have an end section of a stair tread, which is made out of laminated pine. Um, so I used that. And then to get to the six and a half inches, because those are an inch thick, I found a half inch thick piece of cedar I had. Oh. And then I like um, laminated those all together. So glued in between and squished them for a day. Uh-huh. And then came back and sanded it all down and then cut, drilled the holes and then cut the... I also had trouble with cutting the angled part because my chop saw would only go so far Ugh. maybe a third of the way through so i had to finish that with a handsaw oh and man none of my <laughs> hand saws they all have like behind the blade they have like a thicker section because they're made for cutting stuff off not cutting through stuff right so i had to use my i had to use my like hand like saw for cutting limbs like off trees not people like, oh <laughs> a de-limbing saw that doesn't have it's just like the blade sticks out so i used that to finish it up and then lots of sanding and then i found a stain that i used to stain my four bay sheet of plywood desk that i'm using right now mm-hmm. uh, which is 15 years old at least and i found that the candle's kind of rusted and dented but i opened it up after shaking it up a little bit and applied it and it came out way more purple mm. but it and with the the way the wood looks it's almost like a zebra striped pattern with the <laughs> darker purple and like the lighter sections of the wood. It turned out really cool looking. Um, I really enjoyed it. And then yesterday we spent time replacing the truck bed lights we had installed. Um, oh, yeah. And my wife bought me these butt and connectors for connecting wires. Mm-hmm. They basically just wrap the bare wire around each other. I stick this across it, and it has heat shrink built in. But in the middle, where the wire goes, it has built-in solder. So you use a heat gun, and it melts the solder and solders the connection and shrink wraps it at the same time. Nice. So we wired those back up to the um, switch we had, and they, they were perfect. But cool. I want to go after the show and turn them on because we finished them in daylight. And we never went out and looked at them again. <laughs> um, the ones we had before wrapped around the three sides of the truck bed which I didn't realize there was a problem but my wife's a little bit shorter than me so when she opened the tailgate it just like blasted in the eyes with light <laughs> from the front of the bed which I didn't have that problem but 
this one just has like instead of a string of LEDs, it's got LED pods. There's like four of them underneath each rail, um, with space between, and then a, a wire that goes across the front. Um, and I did have a mishap where I soldered the wires together after she specifically told me that the 12 volt power wire needs to go to the black and white stripe. Oh, I thought boy. for sure I had it, but I must have seen a reflection of light off of the other black wire. <laughs> which why they make them one black and one black with a white stripe is stupid. right. But I got them backwards and the lights didn't work. So we cut them apart and I just touched them this time before I hooked them together and the lights worked. So we were good. So, oh, and then I played in our D&D game and our characters are in hell, basically. Oh. Uh, and after you take a long rest in the game, you have to make a constitution saving throw with a difficulty of 10. If you fail, your character becomes lawful evil. Whoa. And if you don't fix it within a certain amount of time, it becomes permanent. And to fix it, you actually have to leave the hell plane for at least a day. But thinking about it, I was like, once your character changes to lawful evil, they're not going to want to change back, right? Yeah. Because that's just who they are now. So instead, I'm going to try to get my character, if he doesn't ever become or get fixed by somebody else, um, he's going to become a lich, which is like an undead, kind of like Voldemort. You know, powerful magic user that's... No ears. Yeah, no ears. And, or nose. Uh, I'll probably have ears and nose. But, oh. And then become a, a lich pirate captain with a goblin crew. Oh, yeah, there it is. I wanted to show Masters Ed your thing. Mm, that's cool. And yeah. I knew I'd seen it on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I saw it on Facebook. Yep. You also, a picture I didn't Instagram. post that had pens in it and Instagram. Actually, no, I use Instagram. I don't follow you on it. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be on our Sorry. website when this comes out. So, Crap. I guess I should follow you. Dang it. I follow you on there. I know. I get a list of people that say, this person follows you. Do you want to follow them back? And I, I, I don't usually actually, them. I don't actually use Instagram other than to post pictures because I could have it automatically Facebook it too. Mm-hmm. So it's my way to post stuff on get yeah, both coverage. That's I do uh, that also. And it does Twitter. But now I've got now I need to make a an uglier one for my shop, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or make a nicer one for work. There you go. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I learned I need want to do different. Um I need to go buy uh, the proper uh, bit for my router to route those yeah. things, make it easier and then Anyways, that was a spur of the moment thing, and now I've got in my mind I'm I'm gonna build another treasure chest, I think, cool. which means it might be turned into a gift or the old one turned into a gift. I don't know. Cool. But anyway, all right. If you want to tell us about your router problems, send an email to engineerdyshow at gmail dot com, or you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. Just search for Engineerdy Show. We don't have an Engineer Show Instagram. Oh, and my name on Instagram, I think, has my DVDI moniker attached to it. Yeah, Ooh. it's Engineer Show underscore DVDI. So I set it up so all of us can get them with our oh. show names, I guess. I don't know. Cool. All right. Check it, also, check out our website, theengineerdyshow.com. Hit our shop tab to get a t shirt or click our Amazon link. 
Thank you for listening this week. Stay nerdy. You have been and always shall be my friends. Bye. You know me so you can't just say bizarre. You never get a moment for free. Show me something fun on your guitar. Something with an A or a G. Just be sure that I can tell it. Just be sure that I can tell it again. Most guitars are made of trees. With some L for the strings. And some frets and tuny things. Most guitars are made of trees. Most guitars are made of trees. People play them while they sing. Some are dull and some just ring. Most guitars are made of trees You know me so you've seen it all before Looking at me stuck in a tree Trying to hold a thought you can't ignore Something multiplied by a three Just be sure that I can tell it Just be sure that I can tell it again Well, I hope the uh, internet issues weren't I, too bad man i was lagging. did i freeze once too i don't I think i freeze i don't think you did. i don't think you did i my wi-fi signal is crappy today i don't know why i, I turned my video off and then i slid my laptop down my leg so it's closer to the router because mm. it's downstairs on the other side of the house uh. most guitars are made of trees with some L for the strings And some frets and tuny things Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees People play them while they sing Some are dull and some just ring Most guitars are made of trees Most guitars are made of trees. The song Most Guitars Are Made of Trees is by Greg Gibbs.